man. And as always, you guys know, this is the Underground King, Surgery Sent, and we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, what we are going to do today, and you know what, let's just start it off like we're supposed to. On today's menu, we're gonna go ahead and break down all of the fight action of the entire weekend, man. The UFC did it, they came back, they had a legitimate 80 there three events in eight days all in jacksonville florida man i'm going to break each and every one of those events down for you guys and i'm going to give you guys a grade on how the ufc actually did over the weekend um we're going to break that down we're going to talk about no fights coming up this weekend and so much more man um on this episode of the fight podcast so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into it I hope you guys have had an amazing weekend. Um, like I said before, man, we had last few days, it's been nuts. We had three events. Um, obviously, we had UFC 249 that went off without a hitch. Going off without a hitch is, is, is tentative just because we did have Jacare Souza. But out of the three events, three full events, we literally only had three people end up pretty much pissing hot for Corona, which I guess you could say is a good thing. But at the same token, they're not retesting people. So um, let, let, let's pump the brakes and everybody getting all hype on everything's worked out because we really don't know. Uh, so that's something that I think a lot of people haven't taken into account that I really want to bring up is if you think about it, man, yes. They tested everyone when they came in, but they didn't test everybody at the end of the weekend either. So we don't know. And remember, Jacare was in there. I'm not trying to wish anything on anybody, but I'm just breaking it down, letting you guys know what's really going on, man. But but really, aside from that, and again, let, let's leave Corona, you know, back there. Um, in terms of what was actually going on in the events, dude, what an incredible weekend. The, the weekend itself was nuts. Um, we had an event on Wednesday. If you weren't paying attention, Attention, that shit just snuck up on you. And then not only that, we had a great event on Friday. And out of the three events, I have to say, if I have to just grade it, and let's just throw it out there. If I'm grading everything on a scale, yo, the UFC, in terms of the performances, in terms of how the athletes actually performed, you guys get an A from me. It's not if, ands, or buts about it, man. We get a 1,000% A, A plus. Um, they killed it. I mean, it almost felt as if the, the fighters understood what was at stake. It almost felt as if the fighters knew, yo, there's nothing going on except for Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. That is the only thing people are fucking waiting for. And the fact that, that we actually sat back and it felt like the entire world was an MMA fan for once. And being a fight fan, oh, it, it, it was so nice seeing as much as I hated it, First Take, ESPN, and others going out there and actually breaking down and talking about fights. Did they know what was going on? Was Stephen A right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We all know that Stephen A was dead ass wrong. Um, I'll save that for another time. But everyone was talking about it, man. The events, like I said, they lived up to expectations. And if I'm going on, I mean, again, they had everything that we needed. They had the drama. They had the, the the title implications. You saw veterans going out there and doing damage. You saw prospects going out there and proving why they're going to end up being one of the best in the game. You saw old dogs who aren't willing to lay down. I mean, everything that you we could have hoped for, we ended up seeing. Um, out of the two events, I have to say, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about UFC 249, I'm talking about the two fight nights um, that can happen on Wednesday. The Wednesday one was headlined by 
Glover Teixeira and Anthony Smith. And then we also had uh, Saturday's card that was headlined by Walt Harris and uh, Alistair Overeem. So let, let's go ahead and do this. Um, let, let's start off with... Um, with the Anthony Smith Glover to share a fight. And the reason I want to go ahead and start with this, this happened on Wednesday. I, like I said before, it was, um, it was in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Florida. The card itself was an entertaining card. Top to bottom, we had big finishes, um, a, a lot of fun. But I want to focus at this point in time on the main event. The main event was Anthony Smith uh, versus Glover to share. Um, all in all, judging in this card, judging this entire weekend, we have to say, man, it, it was a little suspect. I don't know what we have to do. I think people, we've talked about it till we're blue in the face. Judging in MMA needs to change. There's something, that, I don't know if it's where they're having, you know, more, you know, fighters that are involved after they've retired and they jump into it. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, people who understand the media members who understand the sport. I don't know what it's going to be, but the people that they have judging these sports, obviously you can tell just at the end of the day, don't understand the game. I don't really think they know what they're looking at when they're going out there and doing certain things, because if they did, some of these events would, these matchups would end up different. And I feel like they don't really even get what they're doing, the ramifications of not going out there and actually having the right decision. I mean, you're, you're pretty much messing with somebody's pay, half their pay. They're not getting or receiving because these people who generally don't know what the fuck is going on are dictating what their career paths are going. Think about that. It's certain people's career paths that we're legitimately dealing with. So um, when I see those things, when I hear these things, yo, that shit breaks my heart. It's one of those things that we should not have. We should not even worry, you know, about judging in this game. It shouldn't be corruption. It shouldn't be that shit. But regardless of the fact that it is. Um, now, let me go to this. Uh, Anthony Smith, uh, Glover Teixeira fight. It was a fight that I would be very honest with you. You have one of the guys who, again, we talked about one of those old dogs against a dude who I truly believed had all the potential in the world to be a future, and still does, have the potential to be a future champion at 205. He took John Jones to five rounds, and then he's coming out here about to face Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira is 73 years old. Glover Teixeira hasn't looked good since Rumble Johnson knocked his face off. So for me, I looked at it, I was like, dude, Anthony Smith last time out beat the shit out of Alexander Gustafson. He literally retired Gus. He's going to face his old man. He's going to do the exact same thing. But this is why they play the games. This is why we watch these matchups. So first round starts up and then what happened? The first round, exactly what all of us thought. Exactly what we anticipated. Anthony Smith is going out there landing big combinations. He's coming downhill, looking better, honestly, than I've ever seen him. I've never seen Anthony Smith look better. He was crisp. He was clean. He had more activity than I've ever seen. But here's the issue with that. And this is one of those things that really freaks me out about this, is that all of a sudden in this, again, people aren't taking this into account. This is where all these short camps and Corona comes into play because Anthony Smith Yes. And not only did he gas, yo, he was just like after the second round. Literally, that man, Mike Lightheart is the perfect name for Anthony Smith. He might be the toughest fucking dude out there. He went out there, man, and it was just blood, guts, and, and, and cojones that got his ass through that shit. Because he was starting, he gassed, and Glover DeShera was able to get on top. 
and just start landing amazing ground and pound. Huge faces, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Anthony Smith was wearing it. My man looked like Quasimodo. My man looked all lumped up. It was crazy. You, we, we have memes of Ioana and Jacek looking like fucking Megamind. We have to have memes of Anthony Smith looking like the elephant man. It is crazy. He was getting beat up. In fact, let me tell you guys this. He was getting beat up so bad. And this is where I bring his corner as well as the judge. And now the judge itself was Jason Herzog, one of the best in the game. I'm gonna talk about him in a moment. But his camp, great camp, good guys. Um, Anthony Smith, in between rounds, it was going between the fourth and the fifth round, was going to the fifth round, said, oh, my teeth. I lost a couple teeth. They didn't even pay attention to it. Bro, he literally lost a tooth in the fourth round. Anthony Smith was on the ground. There was like a moment in time where he sat back, literally picked a tooth up off the canvas and handed it to Jason Herzog. Like, here, hold this down, homie. I need you to hold my grip. Crazy. When I saw that, I was so in shock. And then there was a point in time, and if I remember, there's no audience. So there's no crowd noise. Glover Deshera is sitting there literally hammering this fool and says like, dude, I like pretty much bro, I'm sorry. This is like, you know, it's, it's the game. And Anthony Smith looks up and says, what? And he's kind of reiterates. He's like, dude, it's, it's nothing, man. This is what we do. When I heard that in the duration of the fight, Dude, all I could sit there and think about with this dude is, yo, he's such a savage, man. We, The game, we deserve Anthony Smith, man. Now, real quick, let me take a pause on Anthony Smith because I'm talking about his toughness and his golf. His corner. MMA, we have to do a better job. Think about, we had four deaths in boxing last year. The one that really comes to mind for me, um, there was two of them, but the Maximus Devashev fight was a fight where he, he was getting just, you can tell, each shot was starting, and it was a competitive fight, but Maximus was getting just every shot you can tell was rattling him. He ended up dying in the hospital that same day. MMA and MMA coaches, we have to get out of that like, oh, we just got to be tough. We got to out-tough these guys. Oh, we're, you know, grab him by the nuts, grab him, hit him with it. Dog, we, we can't say that shit. And unfortunately, I feel like it's gonna take to a time where unfortunately we end up getting a death of some sort in our sport before people actually really take this into, to, to, into you know, what's going on. Um, it was one of those fights that we're looking at it. I was saying it was uncomfortable to watch. I was even saying, yo, we, we gotta stop this fight. And the fact that his corner, after he said like, I'm losing teeth, they didn't stop it. Man, they need to reset certain things. Now, let me go back to Jason Herzog, which I talked about a little bit, one of the best referees in the game. He was called into question because of it. People said Jason Herzog absolutely should have called this event off. Jason Herzog went on to, um, social media and ended up saying, look, at the end of the day, no one here, not the corner, no one else is at fault of this. The only individual that is actually at fault is me. I'm the referee. I should have stopped that fight. And at the end of the day, he was like, I will learn from this. I will get better. Standing ovation. Standing ovation for that man. Are you kidding? To sit there and go out there when you have other refs, Dan Miguel, who I love, Dan is amazing. But you see certain guys go back and forth and they're talking trash and they're saying oh man you know they're 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 combative with it just as combative as some of the fighters 
But here's the difference. The difference is instead of being combative like one of the fighters meant, he was humble. He said, you know what, dude, that's on me. I'm gonna wear that. And I feel bad about that. When I see that, there's a reason why Jason Herzog is one of the best in the game. That is why we need referees like Jason Herzog. We need referees like Herb Dean. Those guys we need in the game because at the end of the day, they legitimately care about fighters. And not only do they legitimately care about fighters, they legitimately care about their well-being. It's not about the paycheck. It's not about, oh, that dude's tough. Let him fight through it. No, man, these are human beings. And the fact that they're human beings, I can't sit back and just allow them to get beaten to a bloody pulp. This man's teeth were falling out. His teeth were falling out. He picked up a, a, a fucking a molar and passed it to a dude. Like, here you go, buddy, take that. It's crazy. It's crazy that that happened. So salute to Jason Herzog. Um, in terms of Anthony Smith's coaches, I hope they've seen that. I hope they've heard they, they felt, you know, everything that's come from um, social media. And I hope that they adjust in kind. Um, they do. He does have a good team. Those are great coaches over there. And I really believe that it was just one of those things. They understood how tough their guy was um, and they wanted him to win. They know that he has the power in his hands to sit back and actually just land one more shot that could change the capacity of the fight. But when it gets to a point in time, if he went out, he, he was, you know, pretty much conceding and saying, look, dude, I, my teeth are falling out. That was him saying, I'm mentally checked out. I'm done. I'm ready to go. Keep that in mind. Um, I'm curious to see when Anthony Smith comes back. But if he does come back healthy, I guarantee you guys he'll be back better than ever for camp. And uh, again, in 2021, he will be competing again for a 205-pound title. All right. Rest of the card uh, was also entertaining. We're going to go rock through it so we could also talk about the card that happened this weekend on Saturday. Um, but uh, the co-main event was Ben Rothwell and Owen St. Uh Yo, big win by ben, ben Rothwell. Um, Owen St. Pru rocked him a couple times. Uh, Owen, you can tell, again, being a heavyweight, this is his first time at heavyweight, didn't seem like he was in the best, you know, physical condition. Granted, again, Corona, he had a short camp, whatever. He still said he's a 205er, but... Going to get a paycheck. I ain't mad at him. He went out there, took an L. It's okay. Both men move forward. Good fight. Um, best fight of the night, best performance of the night has to be by Drew Dober. Holy shit. This fight ended up getting the fight of the night. Lightweight bout. Drew Dober also is the teammate of Justin Gaethje. Drew Dober has a Muay Thai background. Drew Dober is an amazing striker. And then when you put an amazing striker with an amazing striking coach like Trevor Whitman, you get performances like we saw this past week. Holy shit. That's the performance that stood out to me over everything else on Wednesday. It wasn't Glover Teixeira who I think, look, that old dog is still here. What do we do with him? I have no idea. There's still some fun fights with him. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you here. I'm gonna take, put, put, let me put a bookmark in on Drew Dober really quick. The best thing that's going to happen to the 205-pound division in the UFC is John Jones needs to move up to heavyweight and fight Francis Ngannou. They've been calling each other out on social media, but it, and they need to fight. Now, will it happen? I don't know. John Jones has talked shit about Brock Lesnar. He's talked shit about Cain Velasquez. He's talked shit about Stipe Miocic. All three guys who are champions at UFC's heavyweight division, he said he was going to fight them, but he never has. Will he do it? I don't know. Um, but that would be the fight to do it. Word on the street is they said he was willing to do it, but he wants the entire bag. He said he wants an ungodly amount of cash. And I'm going to be honest with you. I do not see Uncle Dana giving it to him. So 
I'll keep you guys posted with that. We'll bring that up a little bit more in the future. All right. Um, but in terms of Drew Dober and, and, and Alexander Hernandez, look guys, Alexander Hernandez, I don't know if you guys know, is a beast. Super tough dude. He was undefeated for a long time, ripping through everybody. He got slowed down a little bit by Cowboy Cerrone, but it seems like he was back into the mix. Drew Dober went out there and pieced him up. Second round finished four minutes and 26 seconds of the second round. It was almost out of there. He put together, if you guys haven't had an opportunity, go out there on social media. It's on Twitter. It's on everything. We'll put it on the Fight Podcast Twitter page. He put those paws on, buddy. Great combinations, kicks, everything. Amazing stoppage. Great win by Drew Dober. All right. Uh, another great card on, uh, fight on that card was Ricky Simon versus Ray Borg. I thought this was going to be a close fight. And then it being really close and really entertaining. Two guys that really seem like they're the same type of fighter. Just one guy is a natural flyweight. The other guy is a natural bantamweight. And when you look at it, man, both guys had their moments. Both guys looked impressive. The difference was Ricky Simon ended up having nine takedowns. And that was the difference in the fight. That's it. He was just a bigger, stronger version of Ray Borg. Good fight, though, all in all. Um, to close out the uh, the main card, we had uh, Michael Johnston ended up getting stopped by Tiago Moises. Great fight by Moises because he was getting his ass whooped in that second round, in that first round. First round, he was getting torched. I thought he was going to get stopped. Michael Johnston looked better than he's ever looked. Tiago Moises looked amazing in the second round. He literally had a great uh, game plan change. Went out there, attacked that heel hook. Got that tap like that. Amazing one, man. Great. All in all, great card, man. Um, anybody else stood out that I want to talk to you guys about? Oof, Ryan Kelleher. Ryan Kelleher with a, the nastiest knockout of the weekend. Um, huge big hit, man. He ended up knocking out Hunter Azura. Great win by Brian Kelleher. And after the fight, he called out Sugar Shane O'Malley. That is a fight that I love. If they actually make that fight, yo, count me the fuck in. Great fight, man. Everything's been going amazing. Uh, but this is what we're going to go ahead and do. Um, the fight night was a great fight night. We have one more fight card to talk about. We're going to talk about that in two seconds. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go ahead and talk about UFC fight night, Jacksonville, headlined by um, Alistair Overeem and uh, Walt Harris. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the next card, all right? Um, so th- we also, Saturday night, uh, we ended up having another amazing event. Yo, UFC just kept the party going this week, man. It was absolutely bananas. Um, but this was headlined by Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem. So if you do not know Walt Harris's story, um, a couple months ago, Walt Harris, his, uh, his, his um, stepdaughter, stepdaughter is uh was a freshman in college um she ended up going missing someone ended up um in in carolina somebody ended up essentially she was and she was killed all right long story short um it's a terrible story uh dude kidnapped her killed her whatever 
and that ended up happening. So um, this fight was supposed to happen uh, at the end of last year, but didn't because of that situation. Um, a, an amazing uh, little kind of a segment that ESPN did it. You can actually find that I believe on ESPN Plus about Walt Harris. Walt Harris is an amazing person um, through and through. And for this to happen somebody to anybody, if this happened to anybody is terrible. Um, but this happened to somebody like Walt Harris, man, this really breaks your heart uh, that he lost his stepdaughter like this. So this was his first fight after losing his stepdaughter. So you literally had the entire world hoping that Walt Harris got the win. Now he's going out here against Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem, big, scary, we already know. K1 world champion, K1 Grand Prix world champion, um, um, Strike First world champion. This dude is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Um, especially when he was motherfucking Overeem. That dude was terrifying. Um, so he went out here to fight Walt Harris. Walt Harris is a great striker, up and coming, top 15 guy. Um, this fight would have put him in the top 10. He goes out here right from the beginning and lets those paws go. It, it looked like it was about to be a storybook ending. It looked like, oh my God, this is it. Walt's about to get this W. He goes out there and he starches Overeem, catches him with a huge combination. Overeem's busted up, rolling over the place. You can tell he's just trying to catch his bearings. Um, is able to use his veteran savvy, stink, get, finally get himself back up, still is staggered, getting beat up. Walt Harris is coming forward. He tries to throw this front kick a la Anderson Silva. And then my man misses a la Chael Sonnen, bust this shit, the veteran lands on top, ends up getting side control, controls the duration of the round, ends up landing amazing ground to pound, tires Walt Harris out. You can tell he just zapped, absolutely just sucked away his his uh, his gas tank. Um, just doing all the veteran tricks, so grabbing him by the mouth, you know, you working the elbows to the body, everything. He was doing every trick in the book as a savvy veteran. And you can tell the training that he has received in Elevation Fight Team over there in Colorado with all those huge grapplers like Chicago's very own De La Salle's, uh, Curtis Blades, and we have all these guys out there working with him with his wrestling. And you can tell his grappling looked incredible. I mean, we forget. Alistair Overeem, we know him as a striker, but the majority of his wins in his career have actually come from submission. He has more submission wins in his career than he actually does knockout wins. So he's controlling them on the ground. He looks incredible. He's moving around, and uh, the round ends up finishing. Next round, he comes out there, and you can tell Wal Harris is visibly and physically exhausted. The savvy vet goes out there, sees it, he smells his praise wounded, lands a huge head kick, and ends up, he lands a head kick, couple more shots, finishes with the ground and pound, fights over, Overeem ends up getting the victory um, in the second round. And it actually been three minutes and two seconds in the second round, he ended up defeating Walt Harris. After the fight, one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever see is, and this is one of the reasons why I personally love combat sports. You don't tend to see this as much in other sports. Um, these guys literally we just went in here and just tried to rip each other's heads off. After the fight, literally the moment the referee broke the fight up, Alistair Overeem goes on hands and all knee, like on his knees because his opponent is down there, and he embraces Walt Harris. He hugs Walt Harris, he holds Walt Harris, and he tells him, hey dude, I love you, we're gonna train together, okay? And Walt just kind of nods to him like, yeah, of course, okay. And, and then they just said just amazing, glowingly things about each other afterwards, man. One of the best things you'll see in the sport, man, Overeem, time and time again, proves he's one of the good guys in the sport, um, even though a lot of times he's painted as the villain. Um, great dude, um, all in all. 
Um, I love what I'm seeing. Um, and here's the thing. What do you do with a guy like that? I mean, he's always like close to a title shot. And he believes this Sunday, this past Sunday, he turned 40 years old. And he thoroughly believes that he still has another shot and run at a title shot. We'll see what ends up happening. He's in the mix with heavyweights. We never know what's going to happen. So let's see what's going to end up happening with Alistair Overeem. Walt Harris will be back. We're not worried about Walt Harris, but prayers do go, and my thoughts and prayers go to Walt Harris's family. Um, and speaking of thoughts and prayers, uh, my thoughts and prayers also go out to uh, the, the father of Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, the UFC's lightweight champion. His father is not doing well. Um, Khabib just put a statement out on social media. Says his father has had, has been in a coma. He's had actually two heart surgeries now. All of these are stemming specifically from coronavirus, and that is the major reason why he did not fly over here and compete against Tony Ferguson. His father is struggling and honestly dying right now from corona. Um, Khabib's father is an OG legend in, in combat sports. So, um, you know, just my thoughts and prayers and the Fights Podcast thoughts and prayers go out to Khabib and his family, but as well as um, as Walt Harris and his family. All right. Okay. Now, so speaking of shitty judging and shitty judges, let's go ahead and talk about the Coleman event. It was between Claudia Gedalia, who I think is an absolute monster, a baddie, and one of the best at 115, fighting against Angela Hill. Angela Hill, I am telling you, I talked about this before and I'm going to say it again. She was a journeyman at one point in time. Angela Hill was somebody I damn near made fun of because I was like, dude, every time I see her, man, I want to cheer for her. She's black. What the hell, man? I, she got the cool fro. She's in the comics. I, I want to cheer for her, but she takes one, win one, lose one, wins one, lose one. She is on a tear. She's been on a five-fight win streak. Not only is she on a five-fight win streak, she's actually competed already four times this year. 2020, Corona. Yes, all that shit. She's already competed four times. She's an absolute monster. And she went out here. She trains down in San Diego with all those guys at Alliance Training Center. Absolute beast. Her skill set has really, since we first saw her in the Ultimate Fighter, through Invicta, through now, she's a legitimate contender, a legitimate badass, and I love what I'm seeing from Angela Hill. Now, I talked about shitty judging. The reason I'm saying that is because this fight ended up getting a unanimous decision, a split decision victory for Claudia Gedalia. Close fight, is it a robbery? It depends on how you look at it. I definitely had it scored for Angela Hill. I had Angela Hill winning the second and third rounds pretty cleanly. I think she had the crisper striking. I think she actually actually landed the bigger shots. Her Claudia Gadelia, but it was a close enough fight. Is it a robbery? No. Um, should, would I have liked to see it go the other way? 1,000%. What happens with both ladies? Look, 115, I've said it before, is the best division in all of female combat sports, um, especially in the UFC. Strawweight, they're monsters. They're from, from literally from one to 10, any of those women can actually be the champion. I love what I'm seeing. And remember, this is the exact same weight class that has the champion, Wei Li Zhang, against Yoani and Jacek. These are the champions and the, the caliber of women that are in this weight class. So you have Claudia Gajalia, Angela Hill, Tatiana Suarez. You have so many of these badass women in this weight class. Michelle Waterson, uh, Carla Sparza, all of them are in this weight class. Amazing weight class. 
Um, Project Adelia got the win. I absolutely believe that it should have gone to Angela Hill. But again, like I said before, we would not figure this shit out until we figure out judging. UFC has to do a better job. The commissions must do a better job. Um, all right. Uh, the other fight that, again, terrible decision was Danny um, Inge versus Edson Barbosa. This is Edson Barbosa's first fight at, uh, at uh, 145. And he looked good. He looked good enough, and I thought he performed well enough to win. Um, I guess it all depends on how you judge this game. But I thought that Edson Barbosa, and not only did I think, visibly landed the more powerful strikes. He hurt Dan. Um, he, he, he did a lot. But here's the thing. Dan was game. He continued coming forward. And the fact that he did that, I think, was the primary reason why he ended up winning that fight. So we have to give him all the props in the world, man. But great win by him. Um, what's going to happen to Edson Barbosa? I think he stays at, uh, at 145. He looked good at the weight class. And I'd be curious to see him with a full camp. Um, also on this card, like I said, um, we had Sonya Dunn coming out there doing really well, beating Mar Marvin Vera, man. And all in all, man, like I said, amazing, amazing, amazing fight weekend, man. It was fun. Um, let's go ahead and grade the UFC. Like I said, I'm giving the UFC an A in terms of what they have done. Now, we have a week off, and uh, they're not supposed to come back until the 30th. So what we're saying, what we're hearing is we honestly, we don't even know what the... Um, where the venue is going to be yet we don't we have fights scheduled for the 30th but we have no idea where it's actually going to be um Nevada is trying to open back up. Obviously, the UFC is trying to get themselves to their apex, their multi-million dollar facility where they can they have all their in-house equipment there. They want to be able to put the fights on there for the duration of Corona, but it might not be able to happen to this point in time. So it sounds like, and again, the word on the street is that we will finally see these fights coming up in two weeks in Arizona. So uh, we'll see. I'm telling you, man, them conservative states, they are not fucking around. They want to get all the damn sports out there Arizona all of them they're working on it you know they really really are um, but as a fight fan look I, I'm happy I'm happy to see it man the fights have been amazing this was an amazing weekend corona side and again we're gonna go ahead and put that to the side and put that in the box put it over here in terms of being a fight fan I love what I saw storylines everything man beautiful beautiful um uh weekend and uh to be honest with you guys man with that being said yo that that that's that's our fight recap for the day so this is what i'm gonna say for you guys as well um do not forget this week we have um our igtv show live that starts this wednesday it'll be tomorrow at 5 p.m pacific time the scrappy hour i will be joined by guests man i have friends coming on we have guests coming on we're gonna go ahead and talk about fights we're gonna have a good time we're gonna have a little libations and uh it, it's gonna be really good we'll be doing that every wednesday 5 p.m pacific time and also before all fights check that out um for those of us paying attention here on hot mic tell your friends tell everybody it's a good time you get to see all the content and everything live right here first and you get to find out information like this first also this week we have coming up we have coach of some of the greatest mma coach, uh, fighters in in the world coming up this week. He has trained people like Michael Bisbee. He has trained Victor Belfort. He has trained 
BJ Penn. I am talking about Jason Perillo. He has trained Chris Cyborg. He is all these people's head coach, Jason Perillo. Um, he is coming on the Fight Podcast this week. You can catch him live right here on Hot Mike. Also this week, we have Lando Venata. Lando Venata will also be joining this week. So make sure you check us out. Follow us on all our social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. And um, I love you guys. Uh, oh, and don't forget to tip us at Hot Mike, man. We're right here. Tip us at Hot Mike, man, so we can continue bringing this fire-ass content to you. Uh, all right, guys. With that being said, this has been episode 213 of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Peace out.